This is CNN. Radio. This is CNN Profiles. I'm your host, Michael Schulder. Joining us now is the most influential comedy programming executive entrepreneur in the year 2000, Rob Barnett, fill in the blank. <laughs> uh, 13, 2013, isn't that right? Well, that's if, if, if you say so, we're going on your timetable. And is, now, is that what you would tell investors and would you tell some, something else to the rest of the audience? <laughs> well, thanks for the way too nice intro, but it's great to talk to you. Great to talk to you, too. Well, you are you have had most of the audience doesn't know who you are. You were you were not a celebrity, but you have had a long career in traditional media working for their channels. And now you have founded a company, actually not just now, you have founded a company called MyDamnChannel.com. You've gone from their damn channel to your own damn channel. How did that happen? Well, I started I started my career in, in radio and had a great long uh, run in rock radio and moved around this great land of ours. And then I moved to television. This was in the late 80s. And I had a 12-year run at MTV and VH1 split pretty much down the middle, the first half of my time at MTV as a programming and production executive. And then the second half of that almost dozen years as a senior programming and production guy at VH1. So that was the bulk of my career in traditional or old media. And I say that with love. And, uh, and then I came back into radio for the last run. And depending on how you look at it, I was the president of programming at CBS Radio or the unlucky schmo who had to figure out how to replace Howard Stern. So that, that, was, my, that was my traditional media path. But in, in about 2006, my head started to spin like a lot of people did when Google bought YouTube for that lovely price of, I'll round it up, $1.7 billion. And I realized that online video, albeit a baby in diapers, was going to possibly be as exciting as the beginning of cable TV. So I s jumped into this wild new sea uh, with the idea in 06, and then we launched My Damn Channel in 2007. And, and the, the core of the idea, and we're going to hear some of the voices that have come to light because of your platform, the, the fundamental idea is what? Well, the fundamental idea is that you're not going to likely beat YouTube at their own game. So there is a place where most people go to watch video from every potential source in the world. I knew that if we were going to run a successful business, we had to put a flag in the ground and stand for something that we could own. And what we believed is that companies like HBO and Showtime did an incredibly great job in the early days of cable TV by standing for the best original programming with top talent. And that's where we've always been focused at my damn channel so when we started we went to some of the best people that we knew in comedy and in music and really worked with the talent first who we believed would make the content that would be most appealing to an audience build a large enough audience to then 
do the crazy, crazy thing of um, turn this into a successful business that makes money. So for the, for those people out there who have never surfed my damn channel, I had the opportunity to surf it for the first time yesterday, preparing for this. And one of the people I came across, one of the episodes, uh, was from, it was called Wayney Days, a guy named Wayne, right? <laughs> yes. You know, a lot of this is very visual, and the comic timing on the editing is exquisite on these videos. But... We've chosen a little excerpt that works just the audio part of it. So you have to picture this guy who's just giving us a tour of his neighborhood in New York and is suddenly approached by a woman who has a very unusual request. Let's listen to it. So did you ask me something about whether I'm a tour guide? or? I did. You see, I'm trying to see as much of the city as I can in a short amount of time. I'm dying. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's a really rare, rare form of acne. Oh, that's terrible. Tell me about it. Listen, I, I don't normally do this, but he seems so pathetic. Why don't you meet me here 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, and I'll give you a tour of the city you'll never forget. Oh, thank you. $200. Excuse me, I'm sorry? It'll cost $200. Oh, I thought it was a gift. No, 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 no. Well, you, would you mind if I gave you the money tomorrow? Cause... Actually, no, because then what if you... Because <laughs> <laughs> if I die. <laughs> yeah. And then where would you be without the money? <laughs> you hurried up. Right, I'm sorry. Come on, come on. So there you have it. That's that's a little bit of one of Wayne's days. Tell us about how you found this guy. Well, I'm glad that you found it in the, in the thousands of videos that, that you could find. But David Wayne... Uh, was one of the very first people that I called when I started my damn channel. And uh, I met David uh, back a couple of lifetimes ago when we both worked at MTV. But David was one of the people as an actor, writer, producer, director, and really a visionary who started to make some of the original online video shorts back with a comedy troupe, called Stella, S-T-E-L-L-A. David was doing this when you and I had to click play and then, you know, go out for lunch and dinner and wait for the video to buffer. So he really saw this world coming before a lot of talented people did. And I called him and said, David, I'm going to start a company called My Damn Channel. I'm going to pay you to do some of the best original comedy possible. What would you want to do. And he gave me one of the best pitches of my whole career. He said, I want to make out with the hottest women in Hollywood and have every date go horribly wrong. So I said, that's a great pitch for a series because it can go on and on. We can never stop making them. Then we uh, negotiated for a few minutes about budget. And here we are uh, in about six years later, We've never stopped making Wayne Days. We've done five seasons. We're going to do a sixth season. And uh, the lady in the in the excerpt that you played is Carrie Kenny Silver, who's a great actress and, and comic talent that's worked with David in a group called The State in the past. She's been on Reno 911. And David's brought people to the shows on my damn channel like... Uh, Paul Rudd, who's done several episodes. Elizabeth Banks has been in four episodes. Jonah Hill and on and on. So these are people doing, you know, incredibly smart adult comedy, completely original and 
completely free of a lot of the network interference that would happen if I was sitting in one of my old television jobs. And and it almost sounds like you're de- you are describing what amounts to like a little small non-public social network because one talent brings in more talent brings in more talent. You're absolutely right and brings their fans. I mean we we made a couple of calculated bets in order to get out there as entrepreneurs and launch this and one of them was pretty simple. If you pick people who already have an established following and they start a new project, whether it's a, another television series, and David's had many, another film, and he's had many, or an original series online, the odds are that you're going to at least start with their core fan base. So, so, so is there any chance for somebody without the following but is extremely funny to get on my damn channel? I'm not talking about me. <laughs> well, you know. What's your pitch? My pitch is the exact same pitch as David Wayne, except I succeed. <laughs> except I succeed. Oh, okay. See, that's another that's another side of that coin. Right. Well, we we believe that we'd be in a really good spot if we started with, as I said, top talent that already has a following. But we also believe that um, it was our job to get out there and develop talent, and so. Uh, Within the first year, we started to <clears throat> do that as well, and I hired a lady named Grace Helbig in 2008, and we came up with an idea that we called Daily Grace, and every day, Monday through Friday, nonstop with barely ever a day off, Grace has done an incredible job of building a career to the point now in 2013, by all statistical accounts, she's one of the most popular, fastest growing channels on the Internet. We uh, put videos up every day from Daily Grace on my damn channel. And then at YouTube.com slash Daily Grace, she builds millions of new views each day and, and thousands of people subscribe for free to her channel on YouTube. That's interesting. Subscribe for free. So two things I want to ask. First of all, I didn't know Daily Grace. She has clearly millions of fans, but I was one of those who I discovered her when you emailed me a link to her. And I really started laughing. And you have to see her, too. But we're going to play a little clip because it's very current. March Madness is upon us. She knows nothing about basketball, but she's woken up. She's looked in the camera. She lets us know how she's choosing her bracket. Let's hear it. Let's go through this. Louisville versus North Carolina A&T slash Liberty. I'm going to go with A&T because my phone is AT&T and that's like unity. Colorado State versus Missouri. I'm going to go with Colorado because I've been the drunkest of my life in Colorado. Oklahoma State versus Oregon. I'm going to go with Oregon because tuberculosis. Oregon Trail. St. Louis versus New Mexico. I'm going to go St. Louis because... One Direction. Michigan State versus Valparaiso. I'm going Valparaiso because that sounds like a delicious Mexican-Italian dish. So just a taste of her, and you really do have to see her as well, and she just riffs and riffs and riffs, and she does it every single day. I mean, did you know she could? Did you? Have, what gave you the sense that she could sustain this? Well, I mean, I, I used to work with Adam Carolla in my radio days, and we've done a lot of stuff at My Damn Channel, and Adam's built a great new career in the new world as well. And when I first 
started to get to know Adam and we worked together, he said something that's always stayed in my mind about comedy. There's really two different forms. There's comedy and there's improv. And improv is a certain kind of art that some people are extremely talented in. And Grace had that training uh, here in New York at a place called the People's Improv Theater or The Pit when we first got to know her. And the idea there, and you picked a perfect example, was to experiment with whether or not, in addition to content like Wayne Days, scripted comedy series that are evergreen that you could discover in 2007 or 2013, we also wanted to try with Grace uh, in the forefront some daily topical relevant comedy. But as you said, the only way to really pull that off, I think, is to find somebody with the chops to do it, and those chops are improv chops. And the poor principle of improv is a three-word principle. Do not block, right? That's what, they, <laughs> that's what they teach in every improv class. If you're given a premise by your partner, do not block it. You can redirect it, but it's yes and something. So let me ask you in terms of running this business. I mean, you've been doing this for seven years now. Uh, the future in this world looks bright, but I imagine it's not instant fortune, correct? How much of your approach to this is improvisational versus classic business sense scripted yeah well i mean look you know i i am uh like um your example earlier with march madness not the best sports guy that you can talk to here on cnn but but i do know that there are nine innings in a baseball game so if we started this in 2006 in the last couple of months i started asking some of the smartest people in online video a very simple baseball question i said what inning is this in where is online video in the life cycle i mean you've seen some really important events take place in just the past recent weeks and months. I mean, I think that Netflix bringing back Arrested Development and launching an original online series as high profile as House of Cards with people like David Fincher and Kevin Spacey, these are important events. But most of the people that I've spoken to believe that we're still in the early innings of this baseball game. So that's okay. I, I got to work for a lot more years to, to come. And I realized that it was important to get out there like in the early days of cable and get started on building a brand that could attract enough talent, enough audience to ultimately make the big business that things like CNN, MTV, Comedy Central, HBO, Showtime. Th those are the, the big brands in, in television. And there are now big brands building online, but this is still, if we're giving the cable television analogy, a little bit like the early 1980s. So you got to kind of bet on the winners. So yeah, we, we talked we talked a little bit yesterday, you and I, and I had mentioned to you that my father was a stand-up comic, and he was a stand-up comic in the 50s and 60s and 70s when there were very few gatekeepers. It was, you know, you got on the Carson show, and that was your ticket to fame, and there wasn't much else if you were a comic. And then what happened? There was a proliferation of comedy clubs, and suddenly people came out of the woodwork. There were so many comedians, but very few of them were funny. Now, so far from what I've seen on your site, you are picking funny, funny stuff, but there is a sea of trash out there. In fact, it reminds me, have you ever heard the Stephen Wright joke, I have the world's largest collection of seashells. I keep it on all the beaches of the world. Perhaps you've seen it. <laughs> and... To me, do you do you struggle with that? I mean, there is so much stuff out there. How do you choose 
Well, we start with the premise that small d democracy is fine, but again, it's YouTube, it's AOL, it's Microsoft, it's Yahoo. The the big mommy daddy uh, uh, parents of the internet have that humongous traffic. But my feeling, and I spent you know most of my life as a television producer and programmer and a radio producer and and programmer my feeling is that small d democracy is great i don't have a thing against it but for real hits to break out in show business somebody's got to choose somebody has to select somebody has to really separate the very very best from everything else and then you've got to do an even harder part you've got to figure out how to promote and market and speak directly to an audience and really worship and build and communicate with that audience over time. To me, that's how you brand build and that's how you build businesses in the long run. This idea to kind of, you know, just kind of have the most content was never appealing to me because I just didn't feel like that was needed. I felt like it was covered. And, and so yet you said, our, and yet, I'm sorry, and yet you said you have thousands, no, you, you have thousands of videos on your website. I mean, what kind of batting average can you possibly have with thousands of videos? I mean, I, I know you had a great batting average on the stuff that I perused, but thousands of really funny things? Well, thousands, but the, the, there are series l like um, the ones that we've mentioned so far in this interview that that started, you know, back in 2007, 2008, and some of these people are still going every day. I mean, Harry Shearer was one of the first people that we hired, one of the most brilliant, talented, and funniest people that I know. And he started working with us in 2007 on day one and has never stopped. So um, we we don't often launch a lot of brand new original shows uh, on a daily basis. We're pretty careful about maintaining that good batting average. You know, it sort of reminds me, I was, I was just recently reading Steve Martin's autobiography, and he talks, I can't remember the, how he broke it down in terms of years, but it was like, he spent the first 10, year, 10 years of his career learning the art of comedy, the next five or six years fine-tuning it, and then about five years really enjoying the success. And it sounds like a lot of your people, I mean, they're really developing these projects over a long period of time. These are not overnight successes. Well, you know, everybody got used to the initial magic of videos going viral, many of them with, um, you know, your kids and your your pets, um, and and those are great and those are fun and and everyone will share them around the internet and onto offices. But you know, we're interested in building the careers and helping build the careers of the talent that we work with, and and building the shows and series that can really last and find an audience, form a, a large audience, keep an audience, and then ultimately, again, it comes back to how do you make money on the Internet? I've always been a little jealous about the companies that are really good at viral one-off videos, but, but it, I, I've never completely understood the business model. And, you know, we know one thing that makes money on the Internet is really dirty material. And what I was relieved to see when I went through your site is that even though there's some off-color stuff and certainly some you know explicit sexual material, you know it didn't you didn't depend on the real dirty stuff or your people didn't to get the laughs. And I'll just give you one example right here. We're going to play it just just a little clip. It is Daddy Knows Best, one of your series. Steve, how do you pronounce his name? 
Ranazizi. He stars on The League on FX and now in this show on My Damn Channel called Daddy Knows Best. So Steve Ranazizi, he sort of comes home and he's got a little bit of a guilty expression with his toddler son and his wife says, hey, what's up? And suddenly it comes out he was supposed to be taking his son to swim class, but they wound up someplace else. Let's hear it. Hey, where were you? Swim class. Oh, that was like four hours ago. Yeah, but you know, there's uh, traffic and oh. nuts. Yeah, and he's really fussy, so I'm gonna put him down. Oh, and he's down the side. It's okay, fussy. I got him. No, I got it. Right. Come on, Bobby. Come on. No. All right. Hey. Yeah. Reeks like huh? cigarettes. What smells like cigarettes? Smell it. Smell it. What do you mean? It like reeks like cigarettes. Like, ah. Oh. He's smoking. This is unbelievable. What is this? Oh, classic laundry mishap. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. This this looks just like. Long on the no, sleeve. No, this is definitely not my thought. It really gets <laughs> hysterical. The back and forth there, and but it it's not like filthy, filthy. It's just funny. How do you strike that balance? Because you know I've noticed you know that. Even on some some major networks where there's some great comedy, you look at the off hours and it's like real filth. And you see it in the comedy clubs too. People who use just dirty language to get a cheap laugh. And these series that we're pointing out right now don't do that. How do you find that line? Well, again, it's about choosing and it's also about being serious about your business. So I don't think anything that we just heard would be beyond what's seen on primetime television. Uh, Our brand, when we're working specifically to create original content for my damn channel, is often edgy. But again, normally not any more edgy than what you'd see on television. We also are working directly for advertisers, for brands. And when we do that and we create content for some of the biggest sponsors in the world, like Subway, who we're working with at the moment, the content is, is completely clean. I, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's obviously easy to make something that is more raunchy than it is edgy and think that that'll get shared and get a lot of views. But if advertisers see it, you're going to have a hard time gaining their trust. So that, that's a really interesting distinction. I've never heard those two, use, those two words used to set off the distinction, raunchy versus edgy. Yeah, I think edgy means you can still put money in the bank, and raunchy means you're going to potentially scare some advertisers away. This is CNN Profiles, and we're speaking with Rob Barnett, who is the founder and CEO of My Damn Channel, Internet Comedy Network. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and where did you get the comedy cred? And were you destined for this? Does it seem like you were destined for it now that you look back at your career? Well, I mean, I, I always kind of think of myself as, uh, I don't know, as, as I started, an intern in a rock radio station, always fascinated with talent. I mean, my, my dad was in the advertising business and uh, was a member of the Friars Club. So um, that's a legendary uh, club for um, a lot of great talent and a lot of great comedy. So I, I was always around it as a kid. But but frankly spent most of my life in rock and roll and uh, on the radio and television side of rock and roll. It was really only when I had this awesome and impossible task of working in a president's level at CBS and having to work 
first with Howard Stern and then replace Howard Stern that I realized I had to learn a hell of a lot about comedy real fast. So I, I was able to uh, hire Jimmy Kimmel, who worked with me for a time to figure out that Howard puzzle. And then we hired Adam Carolla and Jimmy and Adam and I worked together to build what was one of the great uh, shows that, that came in the wake of the master Howard. Um, and, and then I got fired and then Adam got fired and I went to my damn channel. Adam went to his garage and now we're kind of, you know, working in the new world. But I, I, I've just always been a fan and I've always known that as someone who's an executive and not talent, I've got to make my companies work by going to the best talent I possibly can and then gaining their trust by being a straight up guy who they can do a real business deal with. What, what's great about the internet is that you have the opportunity to work with talent without so many of the executives in the way that exist in major media companies. And I think that's the real turn on for artists. Then the second, of course, is you got to pay them as much as possible. But the smart people realize that sometimes the freedom plus the money makes a really good package. You know, you mentioned that you were fired and everybody has setbacks in their career. You're a father. I wonder how did you, how old were your kids when you were fired and how did you explain it to them? Uh, well, I, I, uh, I have a 19 year old daughter and she went through a lot of the early runs of um, being in really great jobs and then out of them and in great ones again. Um, what's extremely crazy about my current life is that my damn channel, uh, went live July of 2007 and my wife gave birth to our twins, uh, in October of 2007. So what I've done is I've scientifically removed the uh, concept called sleep from my life. And, and I just try to be uh, a, a good family guy and a good business guy, but, but no sleep. How do you juggle that? Because sleep deprivation can be one of the worst things imaginable. <laughs> well, I get some. But I, I, I'm, I'm definitely not an eight and nine and ten hour guy. You know, it's uh, it's hard. I mean, look, our, our lives have all changed so much sitting here talking with you into this microphone. I mean, we used to just kind of be able to do a show and leave it up to the networks like CNN or ABC or NBC or MTV or one of these places to do all the work of promoting it. I think what's changed so radically in the last five, six, seven years is that any one of us now in media, whether we're talent or whether we're on the other side of that, whether we're the, the, the management pushing out this content, all now have this extra second job where in addition to any marketing we're lucky enough to get from the companies that pay us, we all have to market ourselves. We all have to be, you know, living in social media way too many hours a day. It's hand-to-hand -hand combat to find and keep an audience, and that's really changed. So I, I think somebody's going to, you know, need to invent that um, special, I don't know, extra three or four hours every day so that we can sleep because it's really hard to do the work and be pushing it out in social media so many minutes and hours of the day. So in a sense, the lesson from you is every single one of us is in a sense running his own damn channel. I think so. Rob Barnett, 
of my damn channel, creator and uh, CEO of mydamnchannel.com, uh, one of the funniest video sites uh, you could possibly spend your time surfing through. Thank you for joining us on CNN Profiles. Thank you so much. It was great to talk to you. By the way, you can find CNN Profiles on our website, cnn.com soundwaves, or download us from iTunes, or go to SoundCloud. And please, if you like what you hear, don't be shy. Share.